Local Radio for Portsmouth. And here we are just after seven o'clock. Thanks for being there. Here we go, another week. And what's going on across the area of Portsmouth and South East Hampshire? This is the Express this week. This is Chris Pierce. Thanks for being here tonight. And let's get through the next couple of hours or so here. Bulging at the seams we are with guests tonight. That's what's got written here. Yes. <laughs> Action pack broken free. At uh, 10 past 7 tonight, we're in conversation with uh, Jackie Warren. Now, Jackie is, and so we should mention Angela McGeady too, because they're from a company or a group called Growing. Start again. Growing Places. <laughs> it's a mouthful for goodness sake. Uh, it's all about an outdoor nursery in Wickham and, and rural sites, if you like. We'll find out more with Jackie and Angela later with us at, uh, well, in fact, about 10 minutes or so. 10 past 7 just after that tonight here on the programme. They can explain all. Probably better than I can. <laughs> uh, later, 7.25, Erica D- uh, Dergagy. Erica's from the Vegan Society with us. Uh, you've, you've probably heard uh, about this caterpillar cake, haven't you? And uh, M&S and Aldi having a bit of a battle over copyright and that kind of thing. And well, the Vegan Society have got their own. We'll find out more about that so when Erica chats to us at 7.25 tonight. The plot thickens, I think, on that one. Uh, later at 7.45... Matt Richardson is with us from uh, Charity Spare Room. Done a survey. Uh, no love for the job, they're saying these days. We'll find out more with Matt uh, about those stats as well. We always like stats on this show. Uh, Matt will uh, deliver those for us later at 7.45 uh, here on the show tonight. That's quarter to eight. Later at ten past eight. From UK Hospitality, Chief Exec Kate Nichols will be chatting with us. We need a bit of positivity in this sector. Of course, we're looking forward to Monday when restaurants and bars can finally open indoors. So I'll chat more to Kate about that. We need some positivity, I think, in that uh, particular area of industry. Kate here later at 10 past 8 tonight uh, for a chat about that. And our profile guest on the show tonight. Getting two of his songs as well. For Fern Borough Council. Councillor Sean Woodward, leader of the actual Borough Council at South and Fern. Uh, we'll be chatting about Sun's Airport uh, in general. Big things happening there at the former HMS Davis uh, airfield there. Straddled between Fern uh, and Gosport, really, Summit and Leon Sun. So we'll chat to Sean. And we'll find out how fair was doing too, coping with all this pandemic. It's been a while since we've chatted to Sean. So Sean's our profile guest tonight. We'll hear two of his songs here later at 8.25, which we're going to squeeze all in before now. And at 9 o'clock tonight here on this week's Express This Week. So yeah, local news and views from now on to 9 tonight. Thank you for being there. 93.7 FM on DAB and we're online at expressfm.com. Hi to Dave, listen to us regularly on expressfm.com and his Alexa type thing. Whatever he's got. Far too technical for me. Uh, hi to Mornings, she's in Waterlooville tonight. Pam's in Cotton, Jerry's in Pure Common. Sounds rather plush, isn't it? Big Kevin Gospel. Wherever you happen to be tonight, thank you for tuning in. What across the area. Uh, and. Uh, 
We've talked a lot about the great outdoors on this show, and uh, no exception tonight in an outdoor nursery uh, for kids uh, in Wickham. In actual fact, Jackie and Anza join me on the lawn now to explain all. Girls, good evening to you. Hi. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Good stuff, right. So we're going to take it in turns, are we? <laughs> I'm fine, yeah. Fantastic. Well, Jackie, let's start with you first, my lovely. Um, and you're from Growing Places. Tell us a little bit about that, first of all. Okay, Growing Places is a uh, community group of nurseries, after-school clubs and holiday clubs uh, that are overseen. It's a non-profit-making organisation, and it's our 20th birthday this year. Oh, wow. Uh, Oh, yeah, we run nurseries and out-of-school care throughout uh, Haven, Waterlooville, Fairham, and now Wickham. Oh, fantastic. Where have you been hiding? <laughs> First time I've come across <laughs> you. Bless you. That's good stuff. Excellent. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about the organisation itself, then. You know, you help a lot of people, I take it. Yeah, we. I mean, we're, we're a big family, a yeah. very big family now. You know, I think there's something like 1,200 parents uh, and children and 120 team members. And uh, seven nurseries now. We've got this new nursery, and uh, it's about us all working together to uh, for the benefit of the children and each other. Um, we try and you know we talk about sustainable communities and to do to make sustainable communities that look out for each other and not look to other people or governments or whatever to help. That we're here, we, you know, we're a community. We should be here to help each other, Absolutely. and we're all part of raising children. And we want our children to be full of aspiration, but also full of responsibility and uh, a sense of ownership and uh, accountability in the community, you know, strong citizens. Yeah, teamwork, isn't it? That's the buzzword, yeah. teamwork. Yeah, yeah very and much kindness, so. Kindness and tolerance, understanding. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a bit but, waning at the moment, though, isn't it? <laughs> With all it this is, going and on. you know what? I think last year, hmm. um, you know, we did lots of hampers and uh, made sure we stayed connected in the community by going out and about. And and we saw lots of kindness and lots of loveliness. And I think everyone's just tired, aren't yeah. they? So yeah. it's not quite as um as kind as it maybe was last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, but we just gotta keep drained. going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the community spirit, isn't it? That that's yeah, the thing, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, and we've got to hold on to that. So where yeah. does Angela come into all this? Oh, go on, Angela. Go on, Angela. Suck it to me. Girl. Uh, well, I'm the outdoor lead for the company, so I do um, oversee all the outdoor learning that goes on within our nurseries. Um, and about six years ago, I found this plot of two and a half acres, and um, I said to Jackie, can we buy it for a nursery? And she said, I'm on holiday. Um, so go away. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we bought the land, and we've spent the last six years developing it. Wow. Um, and using it with our children and our families. Yeah. And we now have a, a lovely yurt with a, an enclosed garden within the two and a half acres. And we're uh, into our second week of our new nursery. Fantastic. Whereabouts of Wickham are you? Uh, it's Males Lane right. in Wickham, um, near uh, me and Valley Aggregates. Um, yeah, it's about two and a half miles down Males Lane. Right. right in the middle of the country. Oh, lovely. It's beautiful. It's um, All you can hear is the birds singing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the kids love it. You know, yeah. they're, out, they're outside whatever the weather. They they enjoy gross motors, so they climb, swing on tyre swings, yeah. roll in the mud, make mud pies. Oh, look at that. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Because this pandemic has done some very strange things, but we're appreciating 
the outdoors more, I think, now, aren't we? Certainly this last 12 months. And this is a classic example of this, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, the, the demand for it is just, it's just amazing, really. People want their children to be able to play um, outside with friends and not have to worry about COVID or, you know, doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So they can do what they like and be messy as they like and yeah. <laughs> not bother anyone. What was, the, yeah. what was the inspiration behind this? Well, I've always loved the outdoors, and I used to take the Holiday Club children camping overnight um, in tents, and we did that for a couple of years. And it was a lot of hard work, because we had to put everything up and take everything down. And then I asked if we could buy our own plot, so we could have everything up all the time. Yeah. Um, and the, the need for them to be outside has just grown and grown. Uh, it, it reduces anxiety, stress, it, and it creates more tolerant children and resourceful um, and it's just grown and grown so we've, we've used it for holiday clubs we've used it for family camping uh, we've used it for weekends support groups. support groups birthday parties and really it's just developed now there is a need for children to be outside and parents want it you know they want them to yeah. be out so that's what we've done fantastic uh, and Jackie's been very supportive I take it Say that again, sorry, Chris. And Jackie, you've been very supportive. <laughs> I have now. You, I'm you not have now. Out- <laughs> I'm not an outdoor girl, but I have got wellies in my car now. Ah, you see, she's changed you. Yeah, I know, she's changed me. <laughs> I I go to that field. I mean, she changed a long time ago. Uh, we the Being outdoors is yeah. one of the key um, bits of our ethos and our culture is that our children are outdoors in the, in all of our nurseries. But the, the, the initial horror when and asked if we could have a field to go camping and everything, you know. Oh, no, thank you very much. Did you go much. white? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, when I saw, I went, and I remember sitting tearfully at the end of the night because we just stayed awake watching the family camp and listening to dad, a dad saying about his son, this is the most I've spoken to him in however long because yeah. otherwise I'm really busy and, you know, I don't get the chance to sit and just play and do this with my, my child. And uh, watching some children with additional needs who find it really difficult to socialise and be in large groups with people who actually uh, found it a breeze in that environment Mm. uh, to be around lots of children. But because they're in a big open wide space with no roof on, um, they were much more content, less anxious. And I just I was full of emotion and just thought, you know, you've got me now. Mm-hmm. You, I know this will make a difference to our families, our children, and our team members. So, yeah, I've let her, you know, supported Ange all the way through. And then last year, with everything else that happened, we were running bits and pieces at the field, and parents were going past and saying, have you got a nursery? Why haven't you got a nursery there? And we hadn't initially thought about it. It was for groups we have... Um, uh, groups of elderly. Uh, we go to visit uh, some of our elderly care homes with our children, and that's where we meet. And then, of course, again through COVID, they weren't allowed to come out. So they were. It was the field was about camping, the older children, the intergenerational projects, and uh, having care for the children with additional needs. But it just has developed, like I said, hugely. You know, we have companies yeah. who ask to hire it for. Um, kind of team training events and Ange does team training for older children and adults as well. So yeah, it's kind of 
grown hugely. <laughs> yeah, and it I has. Have, a secret love, garden. Yeah, loving watching it. The photographs are amazing. She puts up and, um, you know, she's got five children in the first two weeks and they'll be full, I would imagine. Yeah. I anticipate they'll be full within Fantastic. their first six months. Now, look, how can people sort of become part of all this? So they can follow us on Facebook. Uh, if they just search Growing Places, they can uh, go on our website, www.growingplaces.org.uk. Uh, there's a, a, a thing on there where they can ask any questions if they want. Uh, they can email me. Uh, manager at growingplaces.org.uk. They can pop along to Little Acorns and Angie's there. Um, But probably the best way is to find us on Facebook or to go on the website and get in touch with us through that. Okay, and uh, look for Growing Places, that's right, isn't it? Growing Places, yeah. Yeah. fantastic. Jackie, Angela, uh, inspirational stuff. We like inspirational stories. This is one of those, I think, uh, and all the good work that you do. It'd be nice to come back to you later on in the year, see how you're doing, uh, when things hopefully are brighter. Let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll invite you over, okay? Yeah, well, Bring your wellies, then you can come and join us. Oh, yeah. Well, pick a dry day, won't you, Jackie? Oh, <laughs> you're a fair weather person. Same with me. Absolutely, I will. Bless you. Bless you, Jackie. <laughs> Jackie, Angela, it's been it's smashing to you. We'll keep in touch, but uh, but for now, thanks for coming on tonight. You take care, both of you. Stay safe. Bye. Cheers, bye. Alavis. Bye-bye. Bye. Jack and Angela and, uh, with, uh, from Growing Places and Little Acorns as well. That outdoor nursery there. Males Lane in Wickham is where you can find all that. And uh, putting Growing Places into Facebook and what have you, find all the details about them too and how you can get involved in that. 93.7 Express FM. You might have heard a battle about uh, caterpillar cl- uh, cakes, rather. Uh, M&S and LD having a bit of a battle over copyright and that kind of thing. Uh, could this be another one? Who knows? But from the Vegan Society, Erica joins me on the line now. Erica, good evening to you. Hi, Chris. How's it doing? All right. How, How are you? Doing? you? Yeah, you okay? Yeah, good. I'm great, thank you. Staying safe. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Erica, tell us about this cake then. I mean, is this going to sort of rival the, the, the battle at M&S and Naldi seems to be... <laughs> what's, what's it all about? <laughs> well, I mean, we want to be clear. It's not a rival. We no. don't want to cause any, any more lawsuits. No, we don't want absolutely. M&S coming for us. Absolutely not. Um, no, but here at the Vegan Society, so uh, we register products as vegan using the vegan trademark stamp, and we realised... In, during the height of the M&S and Aldi drama that was going on on socials, so actually we were in the mix of registering a new cake with ourselves. <laughs> and that is um, the Just Love Food Company's cake, which is called Archie. <laughs> They've gone completely away from the, the C letters. Yeah. They don't want to get too mixed up, of course. Step away from it, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is... I mean, vegan, really, it ha- has gone... I want to say what well, has gone mad. It's gone big now, hasn't it? It's 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 there. It's out there. It's it's becoming popular. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over the last five years, veganism has just become part of the mainstream. Yeah. It's part of our goal, and it's so magical to be part of that now and be able to just keep talking to more people about it, and it just completely be part of the mainstream now. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, how is this cake then different be- <laughs> from the others? Shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, I mean, firstly, his name. So he's called Archie. Archie is um, the name of a charity. He's actually 
based on Archie's Allergies, which is a charity fighting to help children with allergies stay safe. Um, and the founder of Just Love Food Company is a father of three children who also struggled to work out allergies and things. So the Just Love Food Co, a lot of the things that they're registering with us um, and in- including Archie the Caterpillar Cake is all about making sure that it's um, available to as many people as possible. So Archie is actually egg, milk, nut, peanut, uh, and generally dairy-free. Right, okay. Because, uh, I mean... I- I guess being being vegan is quite safe because there's this misconception, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so um, Archie is of course also vegan as part of um, his baking, but it doesn't take away from the flavour or the design. Hopefully, everyone will go online mm. and and check him out at the Vegan Kind supermarket, where you can see his very cute little face. <laughs> oh, clearly you're in love with him too, already. <laughs> Oh, we love him. We've been following, you know, the team yeah. of us at the Vegan Society, we've been following the M&S and Audi drama because one of yeah. our colleagues used to work for M&S. Oh. So she brought it to our attention. We were all following what was going on. And then we, you know, happened to speak to one of our other colleagues who were registering the cake and that was it. We were like, right, well, we've got our own version now. Yeah. <laughs> we, can get, we can get in on the on the fun, yeah. as I'm sure Just Love Food Company have. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I mean, on your website anyway, there's all sorts of if people are interested in like, recipes and things like that. It's all on there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you head over to vegansociety.com, um, even if you're just thinking about veganism, we have a pledge that will help you over 30 days where you can get emails um, with tips and advice and lots of vegan recipes. There's also loads of news for all of our companies that are working with us to get the vegan trademark registered. And of course, we have uh, social media channels where you can follow the Vegan Society or the Vegan Trademark uh, to check out what's, what else is coming out. And is it a good time to to become a vegan now with all this pandemic and what have you? Yeah, I think so. Um, This week, actually, we just did um, our latest survey um, just to see how people are responding to the the pandemic. And we found last year during the first lockdown that we noticed about one in five people were cutting back on um, animal products in their diet. And actually, we've redone that survey now a full year later and it's gone up. It's one in four people now who are actively cutting back on eating animal products. So no better time than, than now, especially because, you know, the vegan trademark is the biggest uh, certifier of vegan products and we've just hit 53,000 products this week. So wow, that's something. Very easy to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's more cafes I'm seeing out and about in, in the towns as well. Yeah, absolutely. We've just registered with some big restaurants um, and some fast food chains as well. So there's lots of options. Um, you've just got to look out for the simple and that's it. Fantastic. Okay, and all the details of anything really vegan uh, is on your website. Yeah, of course. Um, The Vegan Society are the creators of the term vegan, so we like to think that we are the central hub for anything that's going on. Absolutely, and it's all on there as well. All the latest news uh, you can get involved with, I take it. Yeah, of course. We run plenty of campaigns as well. Yeah. We also um, have like memberships if you would like to get involved in supporting how the Vegan Society is run. And, you know, we are always looking for volunteers to help us with our campaigns too. Yeah. yeah. Um, where do you see that veganism perhaps in five years' time? It, it, do you think it's going to grow? Oh, of course. Like, our hope is that, you know, one day we will see a, a, a world that is vegan. But in the next five years, we can only see more and more as mm. more companies consider veganism as part of their sustainability strategies and being able to just 
reach as wide an audience as you possibly can. There's, uh, you know, the, the trigger started about five years ago, and I, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. No, that's the name. Uh, Erica, lovely talking to you. Thanks for coming on tonight. I do appreciate that. And again, if people want to find out more information, uh, it's to go to the website, and it's all on there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, just head over to vegansociety.com. Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Erica, pleasure. Take care. Stay safe. Talk soon. And you. Have a Bye great lovely. week. Bye. Bye. Erica there from the Vegan Society. As she said, if you want to find out more information about perhaps becoming a vegan or perhaps recipes already a vegan, uh, there's some stuff there on their website. Vegansociety.com is the address. 93.7 Express FM. Yeah, 18 minutes away from 8 Express this week. Local news in views right across the area. Uh, here's a story this week which has caught my eye. Thought about work-life balance, a good work-life balance, and uh, is there such a thing as a dream job? Well, let's uh, discuss more with Matt Richardson from uh, Flat Sharing Site Spare Room. Uh, Matt, good evening to you. Hi, how you doing? Uh, all right, not so bad. How are you? You are right? staying yeah, safe? I'm good, thank you. Good, good stuff. Uh, Matt, I mean, there is no such thing as a dream job, and you've certainly done this survey to prove that point. Yeah, it's really interesting. We sort of, One of the reasons that people move uh, is for work, and so we wanted to find out if people's attitudes to their job has changed over the past year, because we've been through a bit of a year, as you know. And um, so we asked, we asked 20, uh, sorry, we asked 2018 to 40-year-olds if their attitudes have changed, and 60% of people said that what they look for in a job is now different after a year of COVID. And I thought that's really interesting, you know, just to see that people's relationship with how they earn their money it's different after just a year. Um, and I think the thing that came out strongest was that people really want a pandemic-proof job. 86% of people said that that was important now. So I think that shows that people, mm-hmm. you know, either think this is a situation that might linger or something will go through again. And that sense of security is really important to people. Yeah, and that's certainly the 18 to 40 sort of bracket, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, but, but also a lot of people mentioned having a good work-life balance mm-hmm. and, and being able to work flexibly. And I think people have enjoyed aspects of being at home for a year you know those people who have worked from home have, have managed to fit their life around work a bit more easily than maybe they did before and want to keep hold of some of that do you think this is going to become the norm is that the sort of feeling you got from doing this survey yeah it's a, it feels like there's definitely been a shift and i think what will come out of this over the next year or so i think we've fingers crossed we've been through the worst of it yeah and then we're going to go through a phase of sort of adjustment and working out how we feel and then there'll be maybe another stage after that, was people, I think, at the moment, very strongly are making decisions and feeling mm. things based on the past year. Um, but certainly, if people can work from wherever they are, then that, that potentially changes the balance of the country. And do you think, as a society, that we've sort of slowed down a bit because of all this? Yeah, I think we have. And I think, I think we've all had probably different experiences over the course of a year. I think yeah. there's times where we feel like we've had more time and times where it's felt like we've had none. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, just but people want to be able to rebalance things a bit. I think that's the thing. It's however it pans out is people are looking for that, that rebalancing of things. Mm. Um, so much so that, you know, half the people who took the survey said that they'd potentially quit their job if they weren't allowed to work from home some of the time. Interesting. Yeah. It's like a reset, isn't it? Someone's pressed a reset button somewhere in some ways. It is. And I think if um, I think as we all thought when we came into the pandemic that it was going to be a few weeks or a few months. I think life might have gone back to normal, but it's gone for so long that I think it's been long enough that wherever we go back to is going to be something different and people will make more sort of mindful and conscious choices about what they want. Tell us, Matt, very quickly uh, about Spare Room itself, the organisation, because obviously this has set the scene for hence why this survey came about uh, for listeners. 
Yeah, so we're a flat share site, and one of the main reasons people use it is to find the room when they move for work or study. Um, and so, you know, we help millions of people find flat shares, and if they're looking for jobs in different ways or working from home or moving about the country, then that affects what we do. So we're always really keen to see how trends like this are going to shape the country. Yeah, yeah. And have you seen a shift through the day-to-day business of what you do? Yeah, certainly things calmed down an awful lot. I mean, you know, mm. it was very quiet at first. Uh, and then the, the sort of the rooms came back online. People were advertising rooms, wanting to fill rooms, because a lot of rooms were empty because people had gone home for, for lockdown or had just moved in with friends or moved in with their partners. Um, but we're definitely seeing things start to open up again now. And I think a bit of that pent-up demand... People who've wanted to move but haven't either felt safe or been able to will start to, I think that'll start to kick in over the summer and we'll start to see people moving around again a bit more. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But uh, as you say, an interesting um, uh, stats here. I mean, uh, of interest here, to start their own business was 15% in one of the uh, sur- you know, survey points here. Yeah, I think a lot of people have had time to, to start a side project while they've been yeah. at home. You know, people have had that time just to maybe start the project that they never quite got around to and, and spend a bit of regular time on it. And on one hand, that's great because it's, you know, you've got that chance to develop it. But on the other hand, having a second income, potentially, if things get tricky again, is, is really attractive. And to be their own boss and run their own company as well. Yeah, and I think there's, there's that classic classic sort of um, balance a lot of people have is, is between the work and home and i think people are starting to question things a bit more and look for you know what what is a healthy balance and i think working from home is helping a lot of people achieve that yeah yeah it's interesting uh, and very interesting points and it sort of makes you think doesn't it as you sort of indicated there it makes you think about uh, what's going on around you yeah i think people have you know people have never spent more time in their local area particularly if you commute for work you know you may mm end up back at home in the evening and have a meal, watch a bit of telly, go to bed, and then you're back to the office again. You don't really see the people in your area. But if you're out doing your hours exercise a day or shopping locally or, you know, you can't go anywhere else, you do start to recognise faces. And I think in a lot of places, a sense of community that was maybe absent has started to build, build up a little bit. Yeah, and your neighbours next door. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you, you know who they are. You've seen their faces, even if it's just once a week clapping for carers, you know. Yeah, you yeah. start to realise who people are and maybe wonder if they're OK and, and what you can do to help. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Matt, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about that and having a little chat about that because it's uh, it does certainly make you think and it's like we have sort of pressed the reset button somewhere and I know it's been a bad and awful year for, for a lot of people who have suffered through this, but in some ways something has come out of this, hasn't it? Um, and that's life, isn't it? It's often, yeah. the, it's often the worst experiences that, that really bring things into focus. And it has been a, a horrendous year for some people. And a very a, difficult year for everybody else. Yeah, and a learning curve in some ways as well, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and it gives us all a chance to evaluate and just reconsider what's important. And that's never a bad thing. No, indeed not. Matt, it's good to talk to you, mate. Thanks for coming on for Spare Room. In regards to all there, and you stay safe. Thanks for chatting with us tonight. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, take care. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Matt Richardson there um, from the Flat Sharing Site Spare Room. And uh, interesting stats. And it does make you think, doesn't it? And you press that sort of reset button and so it makes you think about life and uh, good work-life balance and, and things like that. Hmm. Nearly 10 to 8. 93.7 Express FM. Yeah, we're here tonight and on with all the week's news and views. We'll do this every Thursday and Sunday nights between 7 and 9 o'clock. Right across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. So from Emsworth to Hayley Island to Waterlooville, Haven't. Right across Portsmouth, right across Fairman Gospel as well. Thank you for being here tonight. 
local news and views. Uh, it's been a while since we've spoken. Great to get back with us here on the show tonight as our profile guest in this hour uh, from Fairnborough Council, the council leader there, uh, Councillor Sean Woodward, joins me on the line tonight. Sean, good evening to you. Good evening to you too. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah, fine, thank you. And you? Yeah, keeping well. It's funny times, isn't it, Sean? It is very strange, yes. I just got my, my second Pfizer vaccination this afternoon, so, yeah, who would ever have thought it? Yeah, and you feel fine? I do, touch wood, yes. <laughs> so far, so good. Well, yeah. I had the Pfizer one and I'm fine, so you feel a bit mm. tired, I think, but that's about it, really. But mm. uh, we're, we're all keeping safe and what have you. Uh, yeah. A trying time for firm, though, I'd imagine, Sean. And as council leader trying to steer the town through, this has been quite awkward for you. It, it has been tough, but, but what I have found is that so many fantastic people in our community have really stepped up to help and gone beyond you know what whatever might have been expected you know whether that's helping the vulnerable getting food to them basic commodities things like that people who can't leave their homes people doing their shopping yeah it's been, it's been incredible so the community has really stepped up and that's made the council's job easier really yeah, yeah. and they always do at these sort of times when uh, it's, mm. uh, certainly the hour of need isn't it almost yes yes it is very much so yeah uh, and where do we i mean <sighs> I mean, always out of bad comes good anyway, doesn't it? And I, I guess this is no sort of different, really, the situation we sort of find ourselves in. Uh, I, I mean, what, what's, you know, firm itself, what, what sort of future do you think? Do you think it's because shops are closing and, you know... Yeah, so I kind think of what, what has happened without doubt is that, you know, where there were weaknesses in, in retail, in high street retail, I think the last... Year 15 months has accelerated that considerably. So I think we've seen happen over the period of a year what might have happened over about the next five to ten years, which is a number of shops sadly going out of business, some really well-known, much-loved names, Mm. but sadly not loved and cherished enough because, of course, it's, you know, we've done this to our high streets where we've shopped online. Mm. And every time you shop online, that's, you know, that puts a job and a shop in danger in the high street. Mm. How can you, I mean, in terms of Fairmont Shopping Centre, for instance, how do you think that can sort of bounce back from, from this? Well, I think what what we look to, you know, we look, for for example, at the western end of West Street, what, what used to be called Fairham's Golden Mile. We've, we've got a whole uh, gamut of independent traders, mm. and they've, you know, many of them have been trading well, uh, and they've they've done you know they're, they're extremely successful and we we have a campaign in Fairham about um, shopping local and that is what I think we really want to see and I think people have gone to smaller shops in preference to larger ones perhaps where they're not going to meet crowds and uh, some of those shops are are going to emerge I think very very strong out of this and of course we've seen a change in. In the look of town centres so over recent years, but as I say, accelerated now, we're seeing them moving more towards leisure, eating, um, rather than traditional shopping. It's all sort of, isn't it, change out of total recognition, mm. isn't it, uh, almost? Yes, yeah. it has. You yeah. know, um, and that's quite difficult to, you know, to understand, I suppose, really, from a, you know, a business point of view. Perversely, mm. the, the independents have done better than, than the chains. That's right, and and we've been able to give help to them. You know, the council has handed out well over £20 million now in grants to 
small businesses, particularly retail businesses uh, and others. You know, we, we've helped them through the pandemic. We've also helped in terms of restart grants, and those are now uh, proving very popular. So what I advise anyone in, in business, you know, particularly retail, hospitality and leisure, is do get in touch, you know, do have a look at what's on offer. We might be able to help you. OK, so there's a bit of positivity there then, um, mm. you know, because uh, things are going to change anyway, aren't they? I mean, that, that's the things you always hinted there. It's uh, going to be a little bit different when things sort of um, reopen again. Yes, I think it is. And of course, we hope that what's reopening stays open. But do look at the news this evening and see the Prime Minister getting rather nervous about the Indian COVID variant and wondering just what's going to happen. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see probably localised, but more lockdowns to come. Do you think that's a possibility? I think it's going to be localised, probably in areas which are which are seeing a, a high yeah. propensity for some of these variants, at least until the vaccine is fully rolled out. And yes. It does seem to be in some of those areas. It's where people are a bit nervous about taking up the vaccine, and they mustn't. No, no, indeed not. I, I know the government's quite concerned uh, as they're talking, uh, as we speak, about this Indian variant. Mm, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's something to, to to bear in mind, I guess. Uh, and um, you know, going forward, uh, there's a lot going on in firm uh, on the positive side of all this, of course. Uh, you know, uh, and particularly we're homing on on data as was uh, back in the day, of course. It's been a success story for you, Sean. Yes, it has very much so. There's there's quite a history. Well, it's an incredible history to Daedalus, and that's why we don't really say as was. You know, we've we've kept the name. Uh, the airport is there, Solent Airport at Daedalus, and there's no way we or any of our residents, I'm sure, no. uh, both in the borough and in Leon the Solent, would want to see the loss of that name. It signifies the area, doesn't it? Yes, it does, very much so, you know, all the way from the First World War when it was a seaplane base, Second World War, where it was housed a number of frontline squadrons, huge role in D-Day operations, so the 400 units is the largest, busiest UK airfield on D-Day. Yeah. Uh, and and this, I mean, really, I mean, it was a, it was quite sad when the the, the base closed way back in 1996. Now, wasn't it? I think it, it finally yes, closed. Yes, it was. It, that's yeah. right. And and then it was allowed to fall into very significant disrepair. That might surprise people. You normally think of the MOD of looking after things, but uh, Daedalus had no, you know, it's no water, gas, electricity. Obviously, no broadband. It has been a huge operation to. Uh, turn the place into into a hub for business and to create the enterprise zone there, which which we did ten years ago. Yeah, I mean that's quite significant in itself. Tell us a little bit about the enterprise zone, uh, Sean. First of all, well, there there are twenty four there are twenty four enterprise zones across the country. Uh, Daedalus, the Solent Enterprise Zone at Daedalus, was was one of the very first. It was put into place by the Solent Local Enterprise Partnership. It made a lot of sense to to create one there. And what it was about, it, it started off uh, with being able to give business rate relief, uh, up to a quarter of a million pound of business rate relief to businesses coming in there for a five-year period, a lighter touch planning regime, uh, and specialising very heavily in aerospace, aviation, and marine advanced engineering businesses, you know, the sorts of businesses that create jobs which are certainly better paid than the average and that's what we wanted to attract and 
that's what we have been very successful in doing. And it has been a success, literally that, hasn't it? Because, as you say, you've got all sorts going on there. Uh, in that yes, well, well, if we look over the period from when Perrinborough Council took ownership, which was 2015, so yeah. it's a, six years, almost exactly six years now, we took over the 369 acres of land at Daedalus and we unveiled a £50 million master plan to transform that site into a into a hub for business. And one of the first things was the Fairham Innovation Centre, which we completed and filled with small businesses. Almost you know, within weeks of it opening, it was filling up fast, uh, so much so that a few years later, we created a £7 million extension to that, creating another 3,500 square metres of floor space with a lot of new offices in there. So there's the innovation centre. Uh, we also resurfaced the runway and we've got plans for lighting as well so we could get a Civil Aviation Authority aerodrome licence. Lots of roads, services, development plots, you know, masses of work has gone into it. And then uh, after a year, we unveiled the brand, the, the Solent Airport, a Daedalus brand, and created two new business parks, Faraday and Swordfish. And what's nice as well, you've sort of maintained that connection, that military connection. Yes, very much we have, and we're we're very proud of that in the area. In fact, it was fantastic when uh, Her Royal Highness, the Princess Royal, came in um, just uh, four years ago now to mark 100 years of flying at Daedalus. The planes were flying out of Daedalus a year before the Royal Air Force was formed, so that's a huge legacy and we held a very large public event to mark the Daedalus 100 anniversary as well. Yeah, it's it's a in some ways a hidden bit of uh, nostalgia, isn't it, Daedalus? Because obviously you, you don't really it associate, is, isn't unless, it? Unless you happen to be living and working locally, and yeah. suddenly you hear Spitfires taking <laughs> off and going over, <laughs> and then then you realise it's it's not at all hidden, and we have crowds in to yeah. to watch that. It's it's incredible you know that that sound and you know that's the whole feel of it gives you chills just to sort of see them let alone hear them yeah uh, i can't afford to go up in one but they, no. they can you know, if they can find a spare two thousand eight hundred pound you can go and have a 40 minute flight in a spitfire oh, very nice. and, you know, we're, we're, we're delighted with them being there and it's uh makes it a very popular place to go just to watch the planes go by, really. Yeah. I mean, this is it's fantastic work by everyone's played their part in this, isn't it? And you've had great support from, from local residents as well in this. Yes, we have very much so. And that's very that's rare for Sean, I think, isn't it? I think we're safe <laughs> to say. It is, yes. Yes, it is. There's, yeah, we have these group of people that I always term Facebook warriors, you know, anything, <laughs> anything, you know, I do or the council does, they, they want to come in and criticise. But, you know, if anybody goes onto Facebook and starts criticising the airport, you know, and, and the planes, then, you know, they normally get shot down in flames, quite literally. You know, people do appreciate it and they... You know, love to see an active airfield and I, I think it's important and it, it fits in with the ethos of, of what we're doing there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Fairham College is playing its part too, isn't it? Yes, it is. We, we're very proud to have Seamast there, which again is you know, getting in right at the start, centre of excellence for engineering and manufacturing, advanced skills training. That opened in August 2014. Uh, it's been extended in terms of creating CTEC, which is a civil engineering training college, which is on site as well. 
you know, this fits in, I think, very well. And before Boris Johnson was talking about building back better, CTEC was open, training the civil engineers, you know, people who need to lay the drains, build the pavements, build the houses and everything else that needs doing if we're going to build what we need in this country. And mm. there it is. You know, it's a great combination of building firms, engineering firms and Fairham College uh, doing great work on that site. And that connection, again, is still there, isn't it? That's the important thing. Yes, it is very much so. And it's all about training. It's it's building the people for the future. You know, some of them will set up their own businesses, I'm sure, at the Enterprise Zone. Others will do it elsewhere or they'll be successful working for others. And it, it is important that... Uh, that we do that. 93.7 Express FM. Yeah, almost 14 minutes away from nine. Matt with our profile guest tonight, Councillor Sean Woodward from Fairnborough Council and Tina Turner, the best. Second song on the way very soon indeed. Something a bit special here. But uh, we're back with Sony Airport and uh, bringing good things as well. Uh, and this was a key site to, to get hold of, Sean, wasn't it, at the time? Yes, it was very much so. It was what was regarded uh, when it was got hold of by an organisation called the South East England Development Agency, or CEDA, as a market failure. It was something which government had failed to do anything very positive with. Mm. Uh, the government basically ran out of money as far as Daedalus was concerned, and that's where the Borough Council stepped in. And you know, We could see the future, uh, which meant perhaps the government couldn't, and were able to build on what had been done before and uh, turn it into a a place which will ultimately see, I'm sure, thousands of new, well-paid, exciting jobs. Yeah. Now, tell us more about the airport side of it, because you've got great aspirations. You already hinted at that tonight. So you've got great aspirations for this, haven't you? Yes, very much so. Well, we've seen, obviously, COVID kind of notwithstanding, that's obviously dented the activity at the airport, but... uh, when we took the airport on in 2015, there were we've moved from 20,000 flight movements a year. We've increased that by by 50% over the time that we've had it to 30,000. So it's obviously not really quite at that level at the moment. Uh, we're not looking to compete with places like Southampton Eastleigh Airport, and uh, not that obviously, sadly, that's doing very well at the moment either. But you know, we're not trying to do lots of holiday flights or anything like that. It's really for general aviation. So it's uh, people flying their own aircraft, their businesses, uh, supporting aircraft, maintenance of aircraft, building of aircraft. We have Britain's only sovereign aircraft manufacturer is based at Sowland Airport, which is Britain Norman, who produced the Defender aircraft for the British Army. Um, police forces have used it. They they sell you know, a number of planes around the world. In fact, there was one they, they built there recently, which I was delighted to look over, which has been flown now down to the Falkland Islands for the Falkland Islands Air Service. So you know, that's part of our history as well, which is going on there, but it's also part of the future because they're building planes for today. They're, they're not just aircraft from the past. Uh, we are going to be installing runway lighting. Now, that's not to uh, kind of have 24-hour flying. It's just to make sure that the whole business day can be occupied, you know, the, the airport can be used. So we hope aircraft light, uh, runway lighting will be going in this year, along with uh, a navigation system, which uh, some larger aircraft need. Uh, to be able to fly in uh, the GPS navigation service. So we're looking to do that too. Uh, we're constructing four new dedicated business um, 
business units on site in Faraday Business Park. We've built new hangars. We've got more hangars to go. So there's, there's lots and lots going on there. It's by no means all about flying, uh, but there are obviously aviation-related businesses in there, as well as others which are into advanced engineering. Of course, we've got the interconnector, which opened National Grid's half a billion pound interconnector, which is now keeping the lights on. There's a million houses worth of power coming out of that. Uh, generally, it must be said, bringing power in from the continent, but also at various times exporting power as well. So that's a very, very important infrastructure project, which is based right here in Fairham at Solent Airport. Yeah, because that was quite controversial at the time, but we've we've moved on from there, haven't we? Yes, it, it was. And of course, things are, you know, often things are controversial and you know, people do worry about them mm. quite rightly because people are concerned about heritage and views and what things look like but uh, when you look at what the alternatives might have been for the Daedalus site it's it was zoned for gravel extraction so it could have become an enormous quarry and then no doubt would have been filled in with thousands of lorry movements bringing landfill in and then potentially having many hundreds if not thousands of houses built over mm. it so most people I think rejoice in the fact that you know, Ferranborough Council's aspirations are not about building houses, they're not about digging gravel, they are about business, they're about jobs, they're about flying, uh, and many other things. So it could have been a completely different outcome, couldn't it? Oh, very much so, yeah. yes. If we, we hadn't been able to take the site on, I've got no doubt it would have been sold off for development. Yeah. And obviously transport links are, are, are crucial. Uh, we'll, we'll, the Stubbington Bypass now is, is going in as we, as we speak, isn't it, finally, after all yes, these years? Yes, it is. A £34 million scheme. It was yeah. one that I kicked off uh, with a role I held in the County Council back in 2013. And it's fantastic to see that now taking shape, and that should be opened uh, next year. Uh, a lot of work still to go on there. And, of course, everything comes back to Solent Airport. You know, without Daedalus, we wouldn't mm. be... Uh, getting these road improvements around the area, whether it was Newgate Lane, Peel Common, St Margaret's Roundabout, dueling of the A27 from Settensworth to Fairham, and now the final piece in that jigsaw, all about improving links to the Gosport Peninsula, uh, being Stubbington Bypass. So we good when it's finished, and of course will help the environment in and around Stubbington, which is where people... You know, have put up with a lot of congestion for a lot of years. Yeah. And what about public transport? Is that going to be improved into that area? Public transport is always a huge challenge. Yes. It's very often the case with, with bus services. It is use it or lose it. And sadly, we seem to lose a lot more than we gain. Uh, and, of course, a lot of people... Uh, Maybe our older residents will be using bus passes, which don't generate very much income for the bus companies either. And it's actually, you know, bus companies aren't allowed to operate at a loss mm. by law. Routes aren't allowed to be loss-making. Companies aren't allowed to lose money. So they do tend to cherry-pick the routes that they run. And the county council has very little money available now to be able to subsidise those mm. bus routes as well. So they, they are a real, real challenge. But then, of course, we have one of the real jewels in the crown for transport, bus transport in South Hampshire, which is the Eclipse bus service. 
of course, that has been a huge success. You know, it's running every few minutes. It's public transport at its best. It's you know, it's affordable. It's reliable. It's it's punctual. It's clean, and people want to use it. So, extending Eclipse further down into Gosport and ultimately out to Wellbourne and then um, east and west, I, I think that that's the future of public transport. And mm. the Eclipse is a beacon. I think to others to see how you can, you know, when you put some money in and some dedication, how you can run a really good um, public transport service. Yeah. It all sounds very exciting for the future, Sean. I mean, where would you like to see Daedalus in about five years' time? Uh, well, I think I'd like to see the the completion of the business park, mm. um, Swordfish Business Park and Faraday Business Park on the site. I'd like to see the uh, runway with its lighting, with its uh, GPS approach. I'd like, to, I'd love to see a heritage centre built there as well, uh, so we can so, house some of our artefacts from the past and tell the uh, story. So I suppose can come and enjoy it. Yes, tell yeah. tell the story of Daedalus. Yeah. I think that that would be really important. Uh, and many more jobs, and uh, many more students and uh, apprenticeships and uh, innovation. I think that's what the site is all about. It's about innovation. It all sounds positive, and that's something we need, I think, to grab hold of at these... Uh, <laughs> hopefully, we're coming out of lockdown, but uh, we certainly need to hang on to something uh, positive at these uh, unusual times, shall we say, uh, mm. which has uh, been a triumph for everyone. Sean, we're almost out of time. I mean, thanks for coming on tonight and talking about it, because it's, uh, it is it a, is a, a splendid site, uh, and it's a jewel in the crown, really, it's, it's, to be fair, isn't it? Uh, across yeah. two boroughs, you know, it's it's yeah. quite spread out. Isn't yes, it? we mustn't forget that part of the site, uh, 20% of Daedalus, is in the borough of Gosport. Uh, and in fact, even though about 85% of the entire site is owned by Fair and Borough Council, the, the control tower, which we own, is actually in the borough of Gosport. Yeah. So it is important to note that connection. Of course, there are exciting developments on the the Gosport side amongst the older buildings as well. Yeah, it's a lovely scene. It's a lovely setting there, the wardroom area, that yes, kind of, yeah, absolutely. fantastic. Happy memories there. My dad used to work in there, so I have happy uh, memories. Uh, yes, very yeah. happy memories uh, of uh, that particular part, but uh, it's fantastic. Sean, thanks for coming on tonight. I do appreciate you okay. talking, and uh, it's lovely to catch up with you as well and talk about something nice and positive, uh, which mm. is good. So let's bet you second bit of music, bit of Elvis. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm a, a great Elvis fan, and one of the tunes had to be Elvis. And the struggle is choosing from a thousand different yeah. songs, and yeah. uh, I've chosen always on my mind. Well, let's end with that. Councillor Sean Woodward, thanks for coming on. Stay safe. Regards to all there, and take Thank care. You. Cheers. Bye bye. 93.7 Express FM. Now, thanks to Sean, my profile guest, tonight for coming on. All my guests will be on the show tonight. Next week, we've got something very special for you. Same as the uh, sort of the history thing. We talked about Daedalus. We took our attention to the former Royal Hospital Hasler site in Gosport, which I spent 16 years of my life there. <laughs> so, we'll catch up with that local. He's, he's a legend, this this particular individual. A legend and the oracle of everything to do with the Hasdaq. Eric Burbeck is our profile guest next week. We'll talk about that. Plus two of his songs and more the week's news and views too. All next week from 7 o'clock. Have a fabulous seven days. Stay safe. Night-night.